Yo, what up? Welcome to Free Refills Podcast, where we come together as youth leaders to discuss the realities of leading in youth ministry. Our hope is that you leave refilled, refueled, and re-energized to carry on in ministry. I'm your host, Boss, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nick. How's it going? Coming to you from Sparks, Nevada. We got better every time. Right. There it is. Uh, Nick, before we introduce our guest, this is episode 50. 50. We're at episode 50, which is a big marker moment. It feels like it's taken forever for us to get here. But when you do once a month, there we are. Here we are. So celebrate in some way or fashion as you wish. I, I wish we were at ys to celebrate this because that's where it started right with this yeah a conversation at a coffee shop with you me and dusty and that's where it. could that go so like it's cool to see where it's come from and where it's gone and where it's going to be so but big number 50 so we brought in we're bringing in a, a, a special guest like we do every single time with every single person still special even though we do it every time so uh we brought in a guest and I want to make sure that I don't butcher your name. So I have never asked you about how to pronounce your last name, but it's, I believe it's Jonathan Karam. Is that correct? Yes. Or, yes. yes. Cool. Awesome. People get my last name messed up too. And I just want to make sure I do my due diligence on that. So Jonathan, welcome that. to the show. Uh, how about first you introduce yourself? Tell us about your family, where you're located and how long you've been in ministry. So uh, I have a wife and two kids. Uh, my daughter turned seven years old today, and then my son's five. Um, live in North Carolina. I actually moved back to the town that I grew up in about three years ago. Um, and then ministry-wise, I was in full-time ministry for four and a half years, straight out of seminary. And for the last eight years or so, I have uh, I built a business, a marketing web design business, and about half to two-thirds of my uh, clients are churches, ministries, um, people in the church. And so helping them communicate and get their message out in a really noisy world, but also in a way that serves their clients and represents Jesus really well. Uh, so not in full-time ministry anymore, but I actually get to have more ministry impact than I did when I was. Mm -hmm. And so it's been super fun to build that up. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You and I've actually, we, we connected with each other in that digital world, in that TikTok space of, through different content that you've put out. The cesspool it is TikTok. I know it's, <laughs> it's a cesspool, but we found each other and we, we it's, a, it's a cool, I really enjoy the space because you find those different pockets of people. Yes. And you're like, ah, oh, this is great. And some ways organically, the algorithm pushes us to each other. So uh -huh. I'm excited. Let's turn it from a cesspool to something that is uh, beneficial to people. That's so, what I'm trying to do. Right. Yeah. And you're doing, you're, I think you're doing a great job because of the content and the questions that you ask, but then also the engagement that it gets with the, with the comments and everything like that underneath it, which is, it's cool to watch. That's the hope. Like, I, I want to be open to people who don't have the same beliefs as I do, or maybe uh, haven't came to the same conclusions I have. Um, but if I can show them empathy and that I understand where they're coming from and what they're going through, then I, the goal is to, to earn the right to point them to Jesus after that. And right. so it, I'm not just there dogging the church. I'm not just there saying that the church is great. 
it's just an honest conversation trying to follow Jesus and help other people do the same. Yes. And so that's yeah. what the whole thing's wrapped in. I do. I do think that, you know, the, this, when you said the cesspool, there is the, and I have noticed, right. And you've said this before, you've called it out where when you're negative, more, more of you shoot up goes crazy, but when you're positive, it stays kind of low. So we've got to keep fighting that in some way. I don't know how we do that, but we'll figure out that formula. Well, we're stoked to have you sitting with us. Um, Nick's got some get to know you questions and then we'll jump into our conversation. Yeah. So uh, our podcast is called Free Refills. The concept being like, hey, we want to refill our hearts and our, our who we are, but the logo is the uh, soda machine and the concept being youth ministry, man, so many of us that's all we can get to is a quick soda uh so what is your favorite soft drink of choice that you go to personally i have to ask a question to answer that okay where am i at and what is the container the drink is in Ooh. i i'm gonna say oh because here all right how'd you go mcdonald's it's a dr pepper no ice okay Chick-fil-A, it's cherry Coke, no ice. If it's in a glass bottle, cheer wine. What is that? There okay, we go. that's the beauty of North Carolina. Yep. You probably, I don't know if it's made it out to Nevada yet, but they've been expanding in recent years. It's, it'll probably be in like a specialty uh, soda soft drink okay. section. But uh, if you can get it, getting it in the glass bottle is better than in the can or a plastic bottle. But it is a cherry cola um some people think it tastes like a cross between cherry coke and dr pepper but it's this bright red drink that is from north carolina and it is delicious so dr pepper cherry coke cheer wine those are the three i've got a specialty soda shop down the street i will be going this afternoon and looking for that because those are like two of my favorite sodas that you described in it so let's go awesome um cool how do you refill yourself? Like spiritually, emotionally, how do you refill yourself? Um, naps, as, as weird as that sounds. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I know I've learned working for myself that if I'm just, if I'm in a rut or if I'm just clicking refresh on Facebook over and over instead of actually doing work, going and taking like a 20 minute nap um, is sometimes the healthiest thing I can do for mm-hmm. myself. Um, so that's, that, that's just, that's probably more of a physical than a spiritual, um, spiritual refueling is, um, probably more music than anything. If I can find, like, I don't love like traditional Christian music, but if I can find stuff that I actually, I actually like, mm-hmm. and the lyrics are good, um, that, and, as, as strange as if, if I'm really in need of something, I will go to the closet in my bedroom, put AirPods in, turn the lights off and shut the door. And so I'm in pitch black listening to music. And that's where I go to meet Jesus. If I, if I really need to have that moment, like that's the, everything's hit the fan. I'm exhausted. I, I need something. I'm just going to go there and sit. Nice. All right. Last one. What is your, your go-to hobby outside of doing ministry? Um, I'm boring. (laughs) 
I mean, at this point as a dad, like I don't really have many hobbies. Um, I've got a drone that I'll fly occasionally. That would probably count. Um, I watch TV shows more than I should probably. Um, so probably those two things I would say. Nice. Hmm. It's good. I think it's good for us to name those things, to be able to call it what it is and just go, this is what I get life from. And I'm going to it. Um, there's probably a bunch of different, you know, deeper reasons why we run to certain things during certain seasons of time. Uh, taking a nap. I don't think it's, I don't think it, I, I don't take naps, but I wouldn't classify it only as physical or only as spiritual because it's all connected together. Mm -hmm. And if it makes you better and actually you're, the second person in two days that has told me that exact same formula that they see, they go, if I realize I'm in a rut, I take a 20 minute nap and I just lay mm -hmm. down and I go out like, and then I'm back. And so uh, you're, you're in good company with that. Um, so today we ask you to sit with us, to talk with us about, well, it's something that hits us on a spiritual and physical level um, in a lot of different levels. Um, and it's brokenness, but specifically about brokenness in for us as leaders from the organizations we were working with at one point, the different hurt that we've experienced. I mean, you're in a different space on when that you you now have the privilege of walking with people as they are, as you're ministering to them through uh, the communication that they're trying to get out and seeing that hurt as we continue to hear about our friends, because I have many friends who have been burned, have been whatever happened, that they have left ministry and they've just been gone. And they said, forget it. I'm not even volunteering anymore. I got to get out of here. But there's others of us that have stayed even in the midst of that because we processed through it. And so your name came to mind when we talked about this topic. And I was like, I think there's something there because there's some things that you've shared online that I've seen along the way. And so I'd love to get your, your take on that. Cause you're the, you're the expert of your experience and that's what we're trying to do here. So to set us up, to get the conversation rolling, give us context. When, when we talked about that right there, what do you think of, where do you go to what maybe not the nitty gritty of here's exactly what happened and dropping names, but here was my experience. And this is some of the stuff I've gone through. So I'll try to give you the quick version because it happened over the course of a couple of years. Sure. Um, I was on staff at a church. Um, I was a high school intern. I was a year and a half into a two-year internship. And I was doing a lot of production for our high school ministry, the graphics, the videos, all those things. And our creative director for the church left. So they wanted to hire me as creative director. So I finished out my internship as both high school intern and creative director. So I oversaw the production of seven services across three venues, did all the communications for the church and did the same thing for a high school ministry of 200. So I worked like 60 hours a week, that, 60, 70 hours a week that those mm -hmm. six months. When that was over, our XP said he wanted to hire me, but to hire me full time, I had to take on the communications director role as well. So basically, I'd be doing the same thing I was already doing, but I'd have the title with it. Cool. Awesome. I'm now 25 years old, just got married. I got a full-time job. I'm like, oh, cool. Like making $35,000 a year. I thought I was like, yeah, let's, let's go after making $18,000 <laughs> as an intern. Sure. Um, 
uh, that jump from $1,500 a month to actually a real salary was, I thought I was rich. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I worked my butt off and for a year, I'm doing the best I can and I'm drowning. Uh, I put on 30 pounds just from the stress mm-hmm. of it all. And so I'm going to my boss saying, I'm drowning, I need help. So at the same time, the XP that hired me left, we brought in a new XP and my boss goes to the new XP and says, Hey, Jonathan's drowning. He needs help. Mm-hmm. And one day the executive pastor comes to me and he tells me, Hey, I'm, I'm hiring a communications director. I'm like, awesome. Like 25, 26 year old Jonathan, I'm climbing the org chart. I've got someone under me now that I'm going to get to lead. Um, this is great. The comms director was to go above me and I was to report to the comms director. So in effect, I got demoted. I've been working my butt off. I'm 26, 27 years old, and I'm now demoted. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, like you can imagine how hurt I was just yeah. with mm-hmm. that and how, I, how an ambitious 27-year-old would react in that situation. Yeah. I did not react well. Yeah. Um, I reacted very emotionally. And uh, through it, we had some meetings and when I brought up the idea of I, that I was demoted, the expert was like, you weren't demoted. I was like, yeah, I was. I was the comms director. And now I'm no longer the communications director. And I report to the communications director. And he had a moment on his face where he realized like that you, you messed up moment. Mm. My, be, me being the comms director never got written into my job description. So he did not realize what he was doing in the situation. He did not realize he was demoting me because he was new to the organization. Mm. And so, so that's where it started. And we tried to make it work for a year or so. And um, it was obvious to everyone that it wasn't working. I had tried to leave to go to a couple other positions and it didn't work out. Hmm. Um, we had changed my role around a little bit, but our staff was, I think our staff was 60% of our budget or 65, and we wanted to get it down closer to 50, 55. Yeah. Well, they didn't frame it as that. They came to me and said, uh, hey, Jonathan, we want you to be able to do some, some of this other stuff that you want to do. So we're going to move you from salary to hourly. Mm-hmm. This is the rate you're going to be making. You're going to keep your benefits. But it ended up being a $10,000 pay cut over the course of a year. If I, if I worked 40 hours a week, um, it would have been a $10,000 pay cut. And I just found out I was preg- we were pregnant with our first kid like two weeks before. So I, I call that getting coached off staff. Yeah, I was not fired, mm. but it was obvious that, I mean, looking back, the church didn't see the need of, of putting two full-time salaries in that, and they were probably right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How it was handled is where the hurt came from. Right. Um, so I was pissed. Yeah. I, I, I took, I didn't go to church for six months after I left. I like, we took time off from church and didn't even do that. Um, And even then, when we did get back in church, we hopped around to a couple of different churches and church was at arm's length at that point. Yep. Yep. Um, I knew I needed to be in church. I still believed in Jesus, but I was the guy who showed up on the weekends. Um, My church leadership knew part of my story, so they weren't asking too much of me. but I wasn't trying to get super involved. Sure. It wasn't until I went through some counseling 
that my counselor said to me, she said, Jonathan, you are hurt by people, not by Jesus. Mm. That statement kind of changed the game for me. Mm. And it took a little bit to understand and to really come to grips with like, these were just normal people doing what they thought were best and they messed up. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that abuse doesn't happen and that there are terrible things that like, I don't want it to come across that I am minimizing the real hurt that happens. Right, right. But I think, or I also understand that there's a ton of narcissism in church leadership. Yes. And so we have to acknowledge that as well. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of us, what happens is human beings make bad decisions because they're stupid and they're human beings. Yep. And they don't mean to, there's no malicious intent. They just handled it the wrong way because they didn't know how to handle it. Yep. Yep. And once I realized that I was hurt by people and not by Jesus. Mm. And at the same time, I was going through what would probably be called deconstruction now, but I called it relearning everything I thought I knew. Yeah. And like, just ask like the existential question of like, do I believe this because I believe it or because someone taught it to me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so at, so at that point I was really coming to grips with what grace actually is Mm. and the depths of grace that I have been given through Jesus and how lucky I was to be given that. Yeah. So at the same time as I'm learning that I was hurt by people, not by Jesus, I'm understanding that if I need this much grace, if I think I deserve this much grace, then I've got to give it to. Mm-hmm. And that is hard mm-hmm. because uh, one, one of the things that I, it's a saying that I heard a pastor say a long time ago is uh, sometimes we're too emotionally invested in our own life to feel, to know what God's trying to do. And it's hard to extend grace when we're hurt because we feel that personally. Yeah. So before I left Knoxville to, to move back to North Carolina, I had to reach out to that pastor and have lunch with him because I didn't want anything hanging over me. And I apologized to him for the way that I had handled some stuff. He apologized to me. He didn't know that some of the stuff that he did, um, mm-hmm. that it affected me the way that it did. So he apologized for that. And we're not BFFs, but we're on good terms. When the pandemic hit, he called me asking for some advice yeah. because he, he knew I would be able to think through that. So like through the grace of Jesus, that has been able to happen, yeah. but it wasn't easy. So take us back a little bit to the raw, the rawness before you go to the counselor and you sit with a counselor where you're like, oh, like talk us through some of those moments where you're going what just happened here's how i'm feeling these are some of the things like that i processed through cuz like you could have just put it all in a box and been like and see you later because the church world is like you're we go to a church we find <laughs> community at a church mm-hmm. at a local church then we get asked to be on staff. We think it's a huge privilege, which it is. And then you're there and then you're in it and you're doing the work of ministry. You see the sausage. All this stuff Mm -hmm. is getting wrapped up. And then you're going, 
this is my work. This is my community. This is where I'm supposed to be filled on the weekends, like all that stuff. Right. And so then you get let go. Well, I lost all, almost all my friends and I don't think it was like looking back, it wasn't anything like purposefully negative. It's just, I wasn't around anymore. I, we didn't, I didn't go to church with them on Sunday. So we didn't go to lunch after church on Sunday. I wasn't in a small group with them anymore. I didn't work with some of those people anymore. And also they thought I had a bad experience leaving, which I did. So they thought I didn't want to be around anyways, and they didn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So while I was wishing they would reach out to me, they didn't know what to say because it was awkward for them too. So it was essentially, I moved to a new town without ever moving. Right. Because I was in the same house. I, I went to the same grocery store, but I didn't go to that part of town anymore because I didn't go to church over there anymore. So we basically had to restart our lives in a town where we didn't know anybody other than the people that I moved to that town for that church. Talk us through. So talk, talk about that. Talk about that. What you're feeling or what you felt during that moment, you and your wife in that realization, like, so is anybody going to call us? Like talk about some of the, the, the emotions that you had during that time. It was incredibly lonely. Yeah. Um, we had just had our baby or we were about to have our baby. And so we're first time parents with no family around trying, try, I'm trying to start a business. And so um, to find someone to go to lunch with just to, just to get out of the house. Cause I'm working from home at the time. Like it was hard. I thankfully I had a couple people who, were pretty intentional about it that I was able to hang out with occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I mean, it was, it was hard. And I mean, I, I think back, I, I was in, in Knoxville for four and a half years after I left that church and never got the friendships that I had mm -hmm. while I was on staff at that church. Yeah. Um, part of it was my own fault because I had the walls up when I was going into a new church that I wasn't sure if I wanted to join a small group or on a serving team or something like that, because I was so burnt from doing it before. So I didn't pursue those in the same way I would have pursued them on the church I was on staff at. So, so it was part of it was self-inflicted. Um, but that doesn't make the hurt any less. And that doesn't make the loneliness any, any less lonely. It, it was self-inflicted, but it was still lonely. Yes. All right, so I'm, I'm going to jump back a bit. So the, the things that popped out when you told your story. One, you were drowning. And you asked, hey, I, I need help. I'm feeling like I'm drowning and I need help. And that seems to have bit you. But I, I think from what you're saying, you, you would still encourage people, I would hope, to say, hey, I'm drowning and I need help. 100%. The second part that drew, drove that in for me is after it bit you, after asking for help and it seems you got demoted, if all that processing, you still said, I'm drowning and I need help because you ended up asking for help and going to a, a counselor or a therapist mm -hmm. to say, hey, I need to work through this. So like you see, I can see in your quick story, okay, there's, there's goods and there's costs to that. Talk us through that. If, if someone's sitting there on a staff right now saying, man, I'm drowning and I need help and I'm afraid I'm going to get let go. I'm afraid I'm going to get demoted. I'm afraid of all these things. 
why is it important for us to call that out and say, I need help? One of the things I talk about a lot is this idea that Christianity was never supposed to be an individualistic religion. Mm. One of the things that's happened because of our hyper-individualism in America is that we think our faith, we have to figure it out on our own. Mm. When for the first three quarters of Christianity, they didn't, they weren't able to do that because they didn't have their own Bibles. The printing press hadn't made that happen. So they were forced to be in community with each other and to lean on each other in mm. ways that we don't do anymore. Mm -hmm. And so our culture tells us that if you ask for help, something's wrong with you yeah, or you're not good enough. Yep. But I think the biblical example is that everyone had that everyone wasn't good enough. And at some point had to ask for help of some sort. Mm -hmm. And even though asking for help bit me, everyone in the process was doing what they thought they should to help me. Mm -hmm. because my boss went to the XP to get me help. The XP did what he thought was going to help me based on the information he had. Right. It turned out bad. Um, when they quote unquote coached me off staff, I talked to one of the guys on the leadership team um, who was a part of that decision. And there was another guy, a friend of mine who, a similar thing happened to not too long after, but they gave him a six month, like, Hey, we're not going to be able to do what you're going to want to do. You're going to be frustrated. So uh, we're going to give you six months and you should probably take that to figure out what's next for you. And so he had six months to figure stuff out. They didn't give me that. Mm. And I talked to a guy who was part of that decision. And he said, Jonathan, we thought we just had to rip the bandaid off for you. And that that was what was going to be best for you. Mm. And when you rip a bandit off, it hurts. And I wish they would have communicated that to me. They could have communicated that to me better, but it's what was best for me. Mm. If I'm honest, eight mm. years into this, I'm making five times more than I made at the church. Sure. I'm working half as much. Mm -hmm. I'm having more ministry impact than I had back then. Yeah. So everyone did what they thought was best for me. And it has turned out good. I wish they would have done it differently or communicated it differently. Mm. But <clears throat> no, I, I have seen it happen to where a friend of mine was a youth pastor. He applied for a job at his home church, the church that he grew up in. And because he applied for that job, he got fired. And it screwed him and his wife. And they had just gotten married. He had to go drive for Uber. They struggled. So I know that bad things happen. It led to somewhere good for him. Yeah. It took some time. Sure. Um, so I don't want to minimize how bad this stuff hurts. Right. But I, I just go back to Genesis where Joseph says what you intended for evil God intended for good for the saving of his people. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's, it's going to hurt. It does hurt. But if we're following the real Jesus, 
and not this ministry Jesus that we start worshiping at some point mm. that our identity is wrapped in. Um, so that's a big part of my story too, is during that um, rethinking everything I thought I knew, I realized there were a lot of fake versions of Jesus that I'd been following. Mm. Uh, ministry Jesus was a big one that I'd started following mm. and it wasn't the real Jesus. And so I think a lot of times we can wrap our identity in the wrong things and the wrong version and fake versions of Jesus instead of following the real one. Mm. And so I think we find the real Jesus in asking for help mm. because if we can do it on our own, there's no point in Jesus. We don't need him. But at some point, all of us who call ourselves Christians, we came to the conclusion that we can't do it on our own. We're drowning. We need help. And we called out to Jesus in that. And then we so, get hired in ministry and we forget that. Yes, because we get hired because of a skill set we have or because of character that we have or something. So we lean on that and we stop leaning on Jesus. And we don't even realize we're doing it. So there's no judgment or condemnation to me saying that I was right there. Um, I'm pretty dang talented. So I can pretty far on my talent. Hmm. But it's realizing that that real Jesus, that Jewish bricklayer that came from heaven and was killed on a cross for us, I got to follow that guy. Hmm not some made up version that makes me feel good about myself. Hmm. That's, that's good. That's real good. So you, you seek professional help. You realize like, I got to get, I got to get another voice in my life who can, who can make some sense of this, who is unbiased and mm -hmm. um, which is a sign of strength really of going like, no, I, I need to go do this. I need to get somebody. It's not, it's not like, not at all demeaning that at all of going like, Oh, you needed help. Right. Cause like that we've labeled things for so many years and we're working so hard to undo that thought process. I and mean, that's my whole podcast unlearning that stuff. Right. Like right. there, there are things that we've done that we don't realize the impact they've had that we have to unlearn these things because they, they impact us in ways that we don't even realize. Yeah. And you get to a place then you have this aha moment and now you're in a space where you're speaking to people. And because we hit record and because this is a podcast and we push this out to people, there's a chance that somebody's sitting in this space season of life right now going okay yeah but like i don't have i don't have anybody outside of this building that i have relationships with because we jump in fully to these spaces but mm -hmm. then also like hey, 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 let me interrupt we're also encouraged by our leadership to stay in that bubble mm-hmm we're encouraged because we go to church with the same people we work with. We're in small group with the same people we go to church with. And so we're insulated. And if you're not fully committed to that, if you, if you seek anything outside of that, our loyalty to the organization can be questioned. Yes. Yes. So we have, 
leaders that we talk with, Nick and I talk with, and the rest of the, our team on the organization, and they go into networks, and they go into groups of youth leaders, and we try to shape it, and we will, our hope and our goal is that they can be a soft place for anybody to land mm -hmm. as leaders, where they can go, I can just come here and be, but they're broken, and they're coming into it. So put yourself in that shoes back in that time and you're walking into it. What, what was it that you needed from other youth leaders who were like, hey, we're, we're here, but we don't know how to ask a question. We don't know what to talk to you about. Like, we feel awkward. We're not sure how to break through this awkward. What, what are some things you personally needed? Maybe it doesn't fit for everybody, but it's something that you need and it could lead to something for somebody else. empathy someone to acknowledge what i was going through put themselves in my shoes and under try to understand what i was feeling hmm. i mean i needed solutions right but just having someone like i remember so that, that friend of mine that went through the same thing a few months after i did we would stand in my kitchen and just talk about it yeah. and we'd have no, we'd have no solutions with each other right but just having someone there who had been through it was encouraging and reassuring that it wasn't just me mm. and honestly so when i went through all that i seriously questioned am I even good at this? And I thought I was mm. like when it came to church communications and because at, at the time I was in communications and, and creative, the creative world, like I thought I was pretty dang good at this. Mm -hmm. And I actually went to a conference a year after I, where I was trying to sponsor it to drum up some stuff for my business. And I'm at that conference and a lot of the speakers are saying the same things I would have been saying mm. and the same things I was trying to get my church to do. And it made me realize the problem was not me, myself. I just wasn't a fit for that church and what God was calling them to do or what their leadership thought they were supposed to be doing. And so when I was able to internalize that this wasn't a me thing, this was an organizational thing, that took some of the pressure off and helped me realize that this isn't this isn't an insult to me. Mm -hmm. This job not working out does not is not because of who I am, my job performance, or my skill set. Mm -hmm. There was probably some job performance issues because of the relational hurt, mm -hmm. but I had the skill set to do it. I had the talent to do it. It's just it wasn't a fit for that organization at that time. And that's a hard realization to, to come to and it hurts, and it's lonely, and to realize like, God, you brought me here, but now I'm not supposed to be here anymore. Yep. Yeah. I had that realization too, where you go, they were looking for a shovel, and I'm a hammer. Yes. I can dig some holes, but they're not going to be great holes. And we're not going to get very far with what I'm they're going to get tired really easily. Yeah, we're going to get tired real easy. 
but it doesn't take away the hurt. It doesn't take away the loneliness. And what probably hurts the most in all of that is that relational piece that mm -hmm. you said that just you get robbed of, right? Because you didn't make that decision. It was made for you. And all of that went at the same time. And you go, and because of what you said earlier, where leadership, I would say that most likely inadvertently says, and they say out loud and we catch it to stay inside this bubble. Because of that, the rest of the people that are in that are going, oh, well, he's outside of the bubble now. And so he's gone and I'm not going to talk to him anymore because I've got to focus here what's going on here in the bubble. And they assume there's animosity. Yes, yes. right, exactly. So, but in the midst of all of that and through those years, I mean, we, we just took, you know, years of a timeline and smashed it into 35 minutes, right? So we did the super abridged mm -hmm. version of this but you're still for the church. You're still for it. Why? Jesus. Like, and that's what's so clear to me in this is you mentioned grace at the beginning. The amount of grace that you've had for everyone that has pushed against you, who's done things in their mind the best way they could, you've realized, okay, I understand why they did that. It hurt me. It was difficult, but I understand and I have grace for them. So many of us that are in ministry and are hurt in ministry, we forget the grace piece because we want what we want. And we're hurt. And we're hurt. And I'm, I'm humbled. I'm challenged in my experience and the things I've gone through to make sure I remember to have the same level of grace that Jesus did have for me with others. And, and that's huge. The, the amount of grace I, I think I deserve from other people as well. Mm. If, if like, Oh, my, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And if I expect them to give me grace for that, then I have to give it to them or else I'm not intellectually consistent and mm. I'm a hypocrite. Mm. And if I want it from them, I have to give it to them as well. And it's a hard place to get to because I don't want to give it. I am selfish. I am hurt. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But if I'm in a relationship with the real Jesus and following him and abiding in him and spending time with him and partaking in the grace he's giving me through this process and understanding my hurt then that's going to give me what I need to extend grace at some point. Mm. You may not be there yet. You may not be there tomorrow. It took me four year, four and a half years to call the guy before we had lunch together after I stopped working there. So don't hear a 40 minute podcast and think you're supposed to go call someone tomorrow. <laughs> you may not be there yet. Right, right. But at some point it has to happen or else you're mm. going to carry a burden with you that you're never going to heal from. I think that's a, that's a perfect way to just put the period right there and wrap up there. Cause I was going to ask you what's one, one thing you wanted to say, but that, <laughs> that seems it right there. How, thank you for taking the time to sit with us. This has been great. I, I'm, 
got a lot of thoughts that are rolling in my mind. It's but... fun to be on this side of the interview. I don't get to be on this side very often. You're welcome. There you go. I, I'm glad we got to bring you in. Um, how can people connect with you uh, if they've been like, I like what that guy says, or maybe they don't like what you said and they want to talk to you more about yeah. it. How can they do that? So if they want to hear more about this type of stuff, I host a podcast called Unlearning Youth Group, where we take a look at all the things we learned back in youth group, find the good, unlearn the bad, and figure out where the heck we go from here. It is not a negative show towards youth ministry. It's just acknowledging the fact that we make mistakes mm -hmm. and we got to figure out how to unlearn those mistakes so that we can train up the next generation better. So that's a podcast that I host. You can get that wherever you get podcasts. If you want to continue the conversation, uh, I am at Jonathan underscore Corone on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Would love to talk more about any of this. Um, so feel free to reach out, send me a message. And um, I'd love to answer any questions somebody has. Love it. We'll drop all of that in the show notes so that people don't have to remember it all. They can just click on it. So Jonathan, awesome. thank you so much for this time. It was awesome. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. That was a great conversation with Jonathan. Um, we unpacked a lot. You got to hear a lot of raw things from him about his experience of um, being coached off staff, as he put it. Um, and maybe that looks a lot different for you or some friends of yours that are in uh, your network um, or in your community. Um, I encourage you, uh, as somebody who has gone through something like that uh, in a similar vein, to reach out to that person that you know that uh, got let go or they left staff or whatever it might be because they're they're feeling a level of loneliness. Uh, there's some things have changed in their life and they need empathy. They need somebody to see it from their perspective and uh, just care, just care for them as a person because they've got a lot going on and you do too. Um, but it would mean a lot because you're still inside that bubble and you're in that world uh, and still bumping into people and having lunch uh, on a regular basis that they're not, they're not having anymore. So I encourage you to, uh, for that person that you've thought of, or maybe group of people you've thought of, reach out to them, make an intentional effort to be with them, whatever that looks like. Speaking of intentionalities, we've taken a lot of intentionalities within an organization, and we've made it possible for you to find community uh, near you. Go on our website, you'll be able to search a database and find a map. Actually, you got a pretty in cool interactive map that we've updated that we're continuing to unveil new updates to that will help you find somebody. If you don't have a group of people near you, go check us out. Another thing to do is that there is an intentional training team that meets together once a month. They get together, they talk about topics um, that follow this podcast and follow the blogs uh, each and every month. And so if you want to have a deeper conversation, uh, you want to grow in a different way, there's leaders that come together from all across the nation that come together and sit and have these conversations. There's breakout groups. There's access to uh, experts that come and share their thoughts and, and coach uh, intentionally in these areas. I encourage you to find that. That's on Eventbrite. You can reserve your ticket and everything. It's completely free, but it's a service for you. And it's a way, it's a resource that we're providing for you uh, to grow in a different, different capacity. We will drop all that stuff in the show notes below. Another thing is, that's pretty exciting is that uh, you might be watching this on Spotify. That's a really exciting thing. Hopefully soon we'll be on YouTube as well. We've kind of taken a little bit of a hiatus, but you can check us out there. If, if nothing else, watch us on Spotify and you can see 
uh, the, our faces if you really want to and see if our voices match what you expect. So there's that. Another thing to be just cognizant of, that's a big word for you, is that um, the more you pour into yourself, the more you're gonna be able to pour out to others. Until next time, peace, blessings.